In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Always a pleasure to be with you as we move into off-season mode, but the Browns are still lingering for a defensive coordinator, for someone to uh, guide the ship, as we would say, here in the offseason as they get set to go into next year while the rest of the league continues to have fun. And with the playoffs, we get to be uh, voyeurs into the playoffs and watch what other teams can do. So, Daryl, let's start off with the defensive coordinator search. Where are we with that? Right now, we have uh, four names officially in the mix as we record this on a Monday afternoon. Uh, Sean Desay, the... uh, Seattle Seahawks uh, associate head coach and defensive assistant. Uh, He was in Berea on Monday interviewing. He is the fourth to interview for the job since the search began a week ago. Uh, Eagles defensive pass game coordinator uh, Denard Wilson interviewed on Saturday. He was the fourth name uh, that got, I should say fifth name actually, that got added to the mix. He was the mystery name. Uh, so he interviewed on Saturday. Of course, last week, former Lions head coach and Tennessee Titans senior defensive assistant Jim Schwartz, he was the first up to interview. That interview, of course, took place last Wednesday. And then on Thursday, it was senior uh, defensive assistant and linebackers coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Brian Flores, uh, who interviewed. And, of course, Flores has some other suitors. Um, he's going to be a tough one for the Browns to get because he is going to be interviewed by uh, the Atlanta Falcons for their defensive coordinator position, and he is one of several names that the Arizona Cardinals are considering for their head coaching vacancy. And obviously that particular job opening takes precedent over any defensive coordinator openings that, of course, including uh, the Cleveland Browns. But I, I think the fact that he actually went through the interview with the Browns last week uh, shows that there is tangible interest on his part. It wasn't a uh, a token interview uh, from his perspective. He's legitimately interested in the job. So uh, wait and see what the Cardinals do with their head coaching search. So this thing may take a little while, Andy. I think everyone's you know thinking, hey, they're going to have a defensive coordinator in place by the the time divisional uh, playoff weekend rolls around. I think that there's a chance that this thing could go into. Uh, a third week or so while some of these other teams sort out not only their head coaching staffs, but, uh, you know, their uh, the, the supportive coaching staffs to go with them. So one name you didn't say, and it was my favorite line of the week last week, was hold the Mayo, Jared Mayo from New England. Um, and it appears to be that New England is uh, negotiating a big deal contract with him for him to stay. And you wonder, and I, I had read a story from Yahoo that said, is he next in line to be the head coach of the New England Patriots? Yeah, you know, uh, everyone's waiting to see what that succession plan looks like in New England. Bill Belichick, of course, will be back for 2023, but he's getting up there uh, in age. Um, And uh, there, I mean, you know, Boston's an interesting market, right? I mean, every game is the end of the world, uh, you know, and so he's taken a lot of heat uh, for the, the, the Patriot season and the fact that they did not. Uh, make the playoffs, but it was interesting to see that Mayo withdrew from consideration because the Browns, he was the original uh, among the original four 
that the Browns sought permission uh, on Monday, hours after firing Joe Woods, which uh, took place Sunday night. They wake up Monday morning and they get the request out there. He was the one of the original four. Um, it was uh, uh, Eagles defensive pass game coordinator Denard Wilson. He was the name that got added to the mix. Now, I want to clarify for some people because there's this narrative out there that Wilson is a second-wave candidate, and that's not the case. The Browns mm. actually requested permission on Wednesday a day before Mayo officially withdrew from consideration. So I would consider him still part of that first wave. We've not gone into like, what was it? The Mike Pettin head coaching search and the Rob Chudzinski head coaching search where they had to go two, three, four, five deep uh, on the uh, on the the search depth chart there. Uh, so this is the first wave and he he is part of that fifth wave. So they had basically five names that we know of uh you know uh, in mind as far as finding Joe Woods replacement what do you think they are in this thing i mean i i, I got when you look at the resume it's hard to not look at schwartz's resume and say hey if this is the guy you know until if flores is out cuz i think well, it, i don't know, it, it, I don't know that he's out i shouldn't say that i'm sorry but if you take flores out of the equation okay right is schwartz the guy for me, he is. I because I, I, I just I feel like he has the best resume of anybody. He's known for having a uh, um a, a very uh, polar opposite personality to Kevin Stefanski. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. And I think that that's part of what the Browns need. We've talked about that uh, when it comes to this coordinator search. I, I think that having somebody who is much different in personality than what Kevin Stefanski is quite frankly, something they need. Um, and, and I mean that in a positive way, I'm not picking on Kevin. Um, I, I think Kevin has to kind of make some changes, but he can't come into his fourth year and be a completely different head coach either, because a lot of these guys are going to be like, well, this is phony baloney stuff. Kevin's just now putting on a show because he might be on the hot seat entering his fourth year. So I think Kevin still has to be true to himself which is, quite frankly, that very low-key, boring personality that he has. So if you bring somebody in that's got some energy to him and that isn't fired to, or isn't afraid to shove the old Sergeant Hulk up someone's backside if they get out of line, which, again, is something that this team needs from a disciplinary standpoint, uh, I, I think he's a perfect fit. But Flores is my number one choice. Of the names that we have heard to this point, Andy, I don't know about you, Flores is number one. And hopefully, the Browns' job is right behind the Cardinals' head coaching job. Like, if he can obviously, if he gets the car, he can get the Cardinals' head coaching job. He's going to take that. But if he can't get that job, I am hoping, fingers crossed, that the Browns' job is the priority for him this offseason, or at least the most desirable job for him this offseason. So, I would say of the of the other names too, and we had talked about. Um... Sean to say for a second there, because I, I don't know that we've really kind of, I, I know on the air, we haven't really dug too deep into his name and yeah. who he is. He spent a lot of time with the bears from 2013 to 2011 uh, started off there as a defensive quality control coach, and then ended up as a defensive coordinator. And then since 22, so since last season, he was the associate head coach and and kind of streamed his way towards the defense. Um, and spent a little time in college in 2000, 
2006 through 2010, he was in Temple and he was at Miami for a year. So there's his resume if you're kind of looking for him. Where do you think he lands in this scenario? Well, I, I you know, I, I think he's I think he's kind of a guy that fits with Andrew Barry, Paul D. Podesta, and the front office, which is obviously part of the reason why they're talking to him. Um, I, I don't know a, a, a lot about him, but, um, you know, the year that he was the Bears defensive coordinator, because, you know, you laid out his resume, he spent a lot of time in Chicago, worked his way up the ranks, got a year as defensive coordinator. Um, you know, the Bears, I think, were like sixth in uh, total defense, and they were like top three defending the pass. And where, where's the Brown strength on, on the defense, right? It's in the secondary. Aside from Miles Garrett, we're setting him aside because that front seven is not a strength. It's like Miles Garrett and a bunch of other guys. Let's be honest about it right now. Um, whereas that secondary for the Browns, there's a lot of talent back there. Um, and that's where his strength is. And, and that's why I kind of lean towards Schwartz if it's not going to be Flores as well, because like Schwartz's entire career, Andy, in the National Football League has been defense. Like he's coached every single defensive uh, position group outside of his four or five year coaching stint with the Lions, in which he inherited a winless 0 6 team and 0 16 team, rather, and took him to the playoffs three years later. Um, his entire coaching, it, it's on the defensive side of the ball. So he is absolutely an expert when you talk about all three levels uh, of a defense. But um, Desai really fits into the current front office managerial model. That's, that's I think, a, a good way to, to frame it. It's always game day in Cleveland. We've got a lot more to talk about on today's podcast as we move forward again. If you like what you're listening to, all you have to do is subscribe. It's so simple. It's so easy. Uh, you can do that on the Odyssey app. And if you want to be a part of the show, because i got to believe we have a mailbag coming up here pretty soon. Um, we will uh, take your questions on Twitter and on Instagram at Game Day CLE. When we come back, it's all about awards for the Browns and what is going on in Baltimore. Plus, we'll talk about the playoffs as well. It's all straight ahead on It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. 